So we'll take a look at 1 John chapter 1. Now this letter was written, of course, by the Apostle John. John had a very deep and very close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the Gospel of John, he describes himself as the one whom Jesus loved. And John is also the one who leaned with his head on the Lord's chest at the Last Supper. So, and we're going to see as we study this, you know, John is all about that deep relationship with the Lord. And he had that very deep and very personal understanding of the love of the Lord in his life. And um, he portrays that in his Holy Spirit-led writings. And this letter we are about to study was not written to any one particular church, as we've seen with some of the other epistles we've studied, but rather it was written as what you could call a circular letter, uh, in that it was sent out to various churches with the intent of confirming them or exhorting them in their steadfast obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we read this very short letter, we will be exhorted to live out loud our personal love for our God and, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a, a great letter to encourage us to stay in Christ, first of all, to love the body of Christ, to, to love those that are outside of the body of Christ, and to walk a straight path on into eternity. And this first chapter here is very short and I will go ahead and just stick to the contents of it. So it'll be a little bit shorter teaching today. But let's go ahead and jump right on into it. So verse 1 of 1 John chapter 1 says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Now, right at the start here in verse 1, John, of course, is speaking of Jesus Christ. And he has written something very similar to what he is saying here in what we know of today as the Gospel of John. Verse, N, or verse 1 here ends with John referring to Jesus as the word of life. And verse 1 begins here by referring to the word of life, Jesus, as that which was from the beginning. So do you see what I'm pointing out here? That which was from the beginning is the word of life. Okay, So the word of life, Jesus, was there in the very beginning. Now I say that John wrote something very similar to this because if you would go ahead right now and mark this page and turn back in your Bibles to uh, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And starting in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. Okay, so pause right there for a moment because this is what I'm pointing out to you here that the Apostle John is talking about in the book of 1 John. The Word of life that he is speaking of there in 1 John was there in the beginning. And then verse 1 continues, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So God Himself is referred to in Scripture as the Word. 
And you can go back and read the Genesis account of creation, and you can clearly see that God spoke everything into being, right? He is the Word. Verse 2 then says here, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. So again, the Word of life that John speaks of in 1 John chapter 1 was there at the start of creation, and he made all things. Then verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Okay, so very important verse of Scripture here. You see, mankind has no light within them without the word of life, Jesus Christ. Mankind walks in spiritual darkness without the word of life, Jesus Christ. And John goes on to say here in verse 5, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. You see, when Jesus came to the earth, they did not comprehend him. They did not comprehend the light that he brought. Mankind walked in darkness without him, and they didn't then, nor do they now, understand this truth. They don't understand this true love, this light. They walk in darkness without this light. And this includes anyone that has not been born again of the light. Remember, Jesus said, you know, people wouldn't come to him. Why? Because men love darkness rather than light. So the darkness did not comprehend. Okay? And most people today that walk around in a spiritual darkness because they have not given their lives to Jesus Christ, they do not comprehend or understand this light. Okay? But then if you jump down to verse 14, okay, I know these are very familiar verses of Scripture, but verse 14 of chapter 1 here, John chapter 1, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So let's pause right there and let's make sure we understand what's being taught here. The Word of life that was there in the beginning, way back in the very beginning, became human flesh. The word of life took on human flesh. He was not flesh in the beginning, right? You see, Jesus says in John chapter 4, verse 24, that God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Well, we see here that God, the word of life, the Spirit of God took on human flesh. He became man. And that man, of course, was Jesus Christ. And verse 14 continues there. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, go ahead and turn back to 1 John chapter 1. So God, the Spirit, the Word of life, took on human flesh, became man. And John here in verse 1 says that they heard him, they seen him with their eyes, and they touched him with their hands. The Creator was on the earth with them. And they knew him in a very personal way. If Jesus were here today, I'd like to think that I would lean my head on his chest too, as the Apostle John did at the Last Supper, because he's the God of all creation. And I want that intimate and close personal relationship of him, with him, which of course we can have through his spirit today. But the God of all creation 
was on earth with mankind. And John, again, he had that very close and very intimate relationship with him. And we know, too, that we can, like I said, have that same kind of personal relationship with him today through Jesus Christ. And John goes on to say in verse 2 here, the life was manifested and we have seen him and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. So John is really driving this point home here. This is what he is declaring. He is speaking here of that eternal life that eternal life was manifested on the earth and they seen him. And John is now writing this letter, attesting to this fact and declaring this truth to us. And he says in verse three, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. So do you see the importance of this letter here, these scriptures that we have? John is declaring all of this to us, his readers, so that we too can have that same fellowship with God the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ, that they had. That's why he wrote this. And we have these writings in our Bibles so that we can personally know God. As we studied in 2 Peter chapter 3 last week, right? We are to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Him. Okay? And it's the only way that we can have that intimate relationship with God is through His Word, through understanding Him in His Word, right? Because John says, we've written to this so you can know this fellowship. You can have this fellowship with this God of all creation who they touched, who they saw, who they handled, right? Now, I'm not going to have you turn there, but you remember the apostle Philip said one time to, to Jesus, he said, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? So Jesus was tell, telling Philip, hey, you're looking at the Father, Philip. This, I'm him. I'm here. I'm in the flesh, on the earth. The disciples of Jesus had fellowship with God the Father in the flesh, in the form of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And John goes on here in verse 4 to say, and these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. You see, this is awesome here. What God's word is telling us through the apostle John, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, right, is that God, the creator, the spirit, the word of life, dwelt among mankind, right? And, and John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes this for what reason? That our joy may be full that we could know that God came near and that he wants a personal relationship with us. He wants to be in our lives. He wants to be our lives. He wants to lead us today by his Holy Spirit and walk through this temporary life with us. He says in verse five, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. 
and in him is no darkness at all. So John here, in a sense, I I say he's quoting his source here. He's revealing to us that where he has gotten this message from is directly from the word of life himself, Jesus Christ. Jesus gave them this message. And in this message, he tells us that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So what does that mean to us personally? Well, verse 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So very intense, very straightforward words from the Lord here. Let's read it again. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him. In other words, if we proclaim to be followers of Jesus Christ, right? What would we would call a Christian today, right? And walk in darkness. So you keep on willfully choosing a life of sin, willfully choosing to walk in the ways of world of the world. John says here, we lie and do not practice the truth, right? This is what would be known today as a hypocrite, right? You say it, but you don't live it. And if you say it, but you don't live it, then scripture is plain that you're really not it at all. You are nothing short of a liar if you do not practice the truth. So this is what John is beginning to exhort us in here, right? We, we can think in our mind that we have some form of fellowship with the Lord, but if our actions speak a different way, then we're a liar. We do not practice the truth. So John is saying, hey, this is the real deal here. He's speaking of Jesus, the word of life, and he's saying, hey, th- this is God in the flesh. We have seen him. We've spoke with him. We've touched him. We've handled him. And now we are declaring him to you, and there's no darkness in him at all. And we have to be careful that we don't become hypocrites, right? Again, as we study the Word of God, I always like to remind people that this is not condemnation, right? There's no condemnation for us, for all of us here are in Christ Jesus. But there is a conviction that comes through the teaching of the Holy Spirit as He is exhorting us to live the life. And to actually be led by the Spirit and to walk in the light rather than to walk in darkness. And verse 7 here gives us that solution to being hypocrites, right? There's a solution for it. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So that's the key. We need to be walking in the light. This is how we avoid being hypocrites or what Scripture calls here a liar, right? What we are to do is to walk in the light. Now, light and darkness from a scriptural standpoint standpoint are very clearly understood as righteousness and sin, right? Righteousness is light. Sin is darkness. Now, there is also a very clear distinction between someone that is led by the Holy Spirit and someone that lives a life where they're led by their flesh. The person led by the Holy Spirit is the person that has been born again of the Spirit. He has come to the light that is Jesus Christ, and they have been made new. They're not who they used to be. They no longer willfully choose to walk in darkness 
Old things have passed away. They desire now something different. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes within them. They desire to make the kingdom of God a priority in their life. They desire to seek first the kingdom of God. Right? They're not chasing after the things of the world anymore. They don't have that same lust they used to have for the things of the world and money and such. Right, The person born of the Spirit of the Lord does not walk in darkness anymore. Right Now, does temptation still exist for the born-again believer? Yes, it most certainly does. But we don't have to make a choice to yield to it. We have a choice to live in the light of the Lord and to be led by His Spirit. Why? Because the word of life comes into us, right? We have the, and we have the living word today where? Right there in the pages of our Bibles. And we can choose to walk in obedience to it, right? We don't have to choose anymore to walk in envy. We don't have to choose to walk in pride. We don't have to choose to live the way the rest of the world around us is living because we have the Holy Spirit within us. And a born-again person is to be like Jesus, humble, meek, willing to yield, peaceable, gentle, right? Obedient to the Father and to His Holy Word. Right now, as I say all this, right, if we're honest here, we would all confess that sin is pretty easy to fall into in this world. It's easier in this world to walk being led by the flesh than it is to being led by the spirit. It's sad, but true, right? And it's true for all of us. It's easy to choose the ways of darkness on a daily basis. So what do we need to do on a daily basis? We need to crucify our flesh, right? And there is a way to do this. The Bible would not teach us so if there were not practical ways in which we can be a spirit-led person or a person who walks in the light rather than in the darkness. But you know what, though? We already have all, of we, all that we need in order to walk in light rather than darkness, right? We need to be a person of the Word of God. We need to take time to, to study the Word of God, to read the Word of God, to meditate on it, to digest it, if you will, right? And then when you do, you must then willfully put into practice what you have learned from the Word of God. Because you see, walking in the light, having fellowship with God is a choice, just like walking in darkness is a choice and walking in the deeds of the flesh. Today, you can choose light or you can choose darkness. You know, many Christians fall, many pastors even fall today because they feel that they're above the darkness. But, but yet we still walk within these bodies of death, right? But it's when we turn our eyes off of the darkness and turn our eyes onto the light that we can conquer that and we can get through it, right? See, tomorrow morning when you wake up, you will have the same choices set before you. That's why another very practical thing to do is to start your day out with prayer. Be a person of the Word of God but be a person of prayer. Because again, who is, who is John writing this letter to? Unbelievers? Non-believers? No, he's writing it to the faithful, believers. 
And he's warning them. And he's letting them know, hey, this is Jesus Christ. This is God in the flesh. We know, we're declaring him to you. There's no darkness in him. We need to walk in the light. So we need to spend time in the morning praising God for who he is and what he has done to redeem us. Spend time in prayer that he is, and thank him that he has offered to us eternal life. Thank him that his mercy is new every morning. Confess our sins to him. Forgive those who have sinned against us. Pray that we will not be led into temptation, but that he will deliver us from evil because the darkness will present itself to us every single day. And the word of God and prayer are just very practical ways in which we will find the strength we need to stay in the light and to walk in the light. Hebrews says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, right? And that word fixing means to turn your eyes off of everything else and set them on one thing. And that's what we are to do, okay? We must be doers of the word of God and not just forgetful hearers, right? God himself, the creator of all. I know I keep repeating this over and over, but this is what John is stressing here. And I, I am one who subscribes to repetition is the mother of all learning. But God himself, the creator, became flesh in order that we might know him and that we might have fellowship with him, and that we might have a deep and personal relationship with him, that we would no longer have to walk in darkness, but we can walk in the light, okay? And no one said it would be easy. We all struggle with sin. And verse eight says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. You see, this is what I believe we all must come to grips with. I, for one, will never stand before you and act as if I have no struggle with sin in my life. You see, if you were to narrow it down, sin consists of the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And if I were to say that these things didn't exist in my life, well, I would be deceiving you and I'd also be deceiving myself, and the truth wouldn't be in me, as the scripture says here. And the same holds true for all of us. But, and I've got three exclamation points after that word, but, there in my notes. But, we don't have to yield to the sin that presents itself to us. It's there. We can struggle with it. There can be the temptation, but we don't have to yield to it. And if we do yield to it, then we are walking in darkness. And if we don't yield to it, and we look unto the Lord, and we keep our eyes on his word, then we are walking in the light. You see, the world around us is full of darkness. Sin is around every corner. Don't be deceived. Sin parades itself before us every single day in one way, shape, or form. It's on the TV commercials. It's on the TV sitcoms. It's in the movies. It's on our internet sites, the pages we visit. It's all around us. Sin is everywhere. And I'm not just talking about, often when you talk about stuff like this, you think of just sexual sin or, or things like that. But no, all kind of thing. any little thing that Satan can do to distract you or just get you off course just little see most people don't go out today and just say oh there's darkness I'm 
you know, Christians, right? We don't just say, I'm going in that darkness full force. But oftentimes we fall into it. And we fall into it because we got a little closer to the line somewhere along. And something distracted us and, and just led us over here. And we got pulled in this way, maybe because of the people we hung around, or maybe because of what we did allow our eyes to see at the movies, or on the TV, or on the internet. Something distracted us, and that's how it happens, right? Just little by little, we get off course, right? Sin is at our jobs, it's, it's on the radio, and it's creeping outside of our front door. And darkness is alive and well on this planet, and we are still walking in the midst of it. We're still here. We're still walking in the midst of that darkness. But again, we don't have to yield to it. We just have to choose the light. And we must make constant, consistent choices to turn from darkness to light. Why do you think the scripture points it out so much to us? And it's written to Christians. Because it's there. Right? But we don't have to yield to it. And John goes on in verse 9 and 10 here to tell us another very practical thing that we must do. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But in that same letter, where it says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the Apostle Paul also wrote, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So what does that scripture even tell us? It tells us sin is still there. We're capable of still living in it, right? Walking in it, right? But he says, he says, certainly not, right? He says, do you not know, this is the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, right? He says, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So we're to die to that nature. Again, it's alive and well around us, but we are to be dead to it. So we are now to live lives that exemplify that we are dead to sin. Yes, again, like I said, sin still exists. Darkness still prevails all around us and it presents us with the opportunity to sin on a regular basis. But light has come into the world. And this is what God's word is communicating to us here. This is what John is declaring. Light has come. We need now to walk in light. And we must turn our eyes upon that light, the word of life. And we can open our Bibles and we can learn about him, the word of life. And we can grow in our knowledge of him, the word of life. Jesus is the word of life, God in the flesh, the one that has brought light into the world and into our hearts. We can choose light rather than darkness. We can choose truth rather than the lie. We can choose righteousness rather than sin. And the Apostle John, under the leading of the Spirit of the Lord, is beginning in this letter here to declare this message to us that he says the word of life gave to him, right? 
That light is what we are to walk in. Jesus is God in the flesh. We can know him. We can have fellowship with him. But we must choose to live in the light rather than in darkness. It really is a choice. It really is a choice on a daily basis for us as to how we will live and how we will walk. And I know that I'm probably, as they say, preaching to the choir, but I don't believe so because I know I have to be reminded of this always. And I believe that it's in God's word because we need to be reminded of it always. Let's pray and then we'll discuss anything you guys think here. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the light that you have sent into the world, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness, your mercy. Lord, that, that you lived a perfect life, that you lived a sinless life, but yet you went to the cross for us to redeem us, Lord. May we not trample your blood under our feet, Lord, but may we receive your mercy and grace, and then may we with conviction in our hearts, Lord, desire to, to live the life, to walk in the light. Lord, and we know that it's through your word, Lord, that we can do this, Lord. It's, it's by hearing your word we can grow in our faith, but then, Lord, we must step out by faith and begin to, to live it as well. Lord, we thank you for your spirit teaching us this morning. We just pray your will be done as we go forth through the rest of this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have any